Do patterns of false thinking from many centuries ago have any bearing whatsoever on our faith today? Welcome to episode 27 of What We Believe and Why with pastor, author, and teacher, Dr. George Byron Koch. We're in the midst of a discussion about heresy, and as we peel back the layers, we're discovering some interesting roots which, despite being many centuries old, still have influence on certain schools of thought, and in the process, become potentially dangerous to our faith today. Let's jump back into the discussion. Here's George. Last time we were together, we began to look at humanism and theism. Humanism being really the seat of reason, man is the measure of all things, the product of the Enlightenment and even of the Greek philosophical methods. Theism, on the other hand, a belief that there is a God who lives and who is active and involved in our lives, as opposed to humanism, which largely is atheistic, agnostic, or deist. It really doesn't believe that there is a God active in our lives. So as I look at these two, I realize that I consider myself a child of the faith, of Christianity. I'm an Orthodox Christian and I'm a theist. There are many debates within this camp, some of them we've noted as we've gone along over the weeks, and I will avoid them for now. But I'm also aware of how amazingly intolerant this movement is to those who do not support it. This intolerance, not unlike the intolerance of the humanists, is often present in its defenders. In the theists, the intolerance is excused by something like this, souls are at stake. And they believe that because the end, salvation or orthodoxy or right doctrine or right worship or right discipline or holiness, it is so important that intolerance is excusable, venom is excusable. But the end always contains the means. And the means either enriches or poisons the end. At its worst, this intolerance among theists has killed those who would not agree, as have the humanists. But even more mildly, it can be self-satisfied, arrogant, and sarcastic. It claims tradition and honest scholarship as its guide, and it holds scripture to be a pure transmission of God's revelation as over against the revisionists, who it believes rewrite or reinterpret the past and scripture to suit their own desires and theories. My point is that if we realize the origins and foundational truths of theism within conservative Orthodox Christianity, we will understand why it sees the world as it does, why it defends and supports various causes, and why it reacts as it does to more liberal Christians, as well as to humanists. We can comprehend why and how these two camps, humanism and theism, see the world and each other. I joke sometimes that it's a fight between John Wesley and Voltaire being replayed in our own age. We are the inheritors, the descendants of a disagreement that has persisted in open conflict since the Enlightenment. 
but its origins extend back into the mists of time. And there is plenty of intolerance to go around, and it shows up regularly on both sides. Each side caricatures the other in order to show itself more worthy. Yet the best of each still suffers from failure as human weakness and selfishness rise up in each. Each side needs to listen to the best critiques of the other. They make us aware of our flaws and help keep us from lying about or hiding them. For my part, I find great value in both humanism and theism and great human weakness in both. But I come out on the side of theism. I take God seriously and believe him to be active in the world, though profoundly unconfined by my theologies about him, which brings us to a severe critique. You may remember back in chapter 14, Covenant, the Law of Moses, I quoted Rabbi Ronald Isaacs, who said, Judaism has always been more of a religion of action and deed than belief and creed. There is a deep and historically profound insight here, and if understood, is likely to remake how Christians understand who they are and how to live life more fully in relationship to our Creator. Philosophers love to draw parallels and make connections across centuries and cultures. The abstractions and categories created in doing so can provide insights into how humans live, believe, and behave. And there are surely deep commonalities among human communities, even when widely separated by distance or time. But such abstraction and categorization is not universal. That is, not all cultures think this way. Oh, they do to a degree, but the real flowering of this approach to analyzing and describing human life and the world is essentially Greek in its origins, and especially in the West, and especially in Christianity. Not so in much of the world, and not so in the Middle East, in the origins of our faith or Judaism. Think of it like this. The entire Old Testament is essentially a narrative story about a people, the Jews, and the robust, constant, joyful, rocky, rebellious, dedicated, awestruck, and argumentative love affair with God. They are so familiar with him that they will yell and wrestle with him, even turn on their heels in fits of pique. And yet, they are so profoundly in awe, they will not even say his name aloud. In the entire Old Testament, there is virtually not a word of doctrine nor a foundational philosophical proposition. A philosophically-minded person could look at it and impute doctrine or philosophy, just as could be done with any narrative. But neither of these are in the worldview of 
or the methods of Hebrew thought. The Greeks, on the other hand, developed a philosophical approach to human life and the world. The unexamined life is not worth living, Socrates said. And this conviction characterizes their passion to examine and explain. They abstracted, categorized, and organized what they observed. They drew parallels and distinctions. From these, they were able to establish foundational propositions. And from these came doctrines, definitions of what fit or didn't fit the foundational propositions. Whether it was the Platonists, the Aristotelians, the Stoics, the Rhetoricians, the Epicureans, the Cynics, or the Skeptics, to name just a few of those Greek philosophical schools, the approach of abstraction, categorization, organization, proposition, and doctrine was essentially the same. The schools differed primarily on what values were key and which were not. They had many gods, some of which were icons of these points of view, others of which were a means to self-satisfaction or defense or spiritual mystery. The Greeks were complex and deep thinkers, as well as being sensual and pleasure-seeking. Greek philosophy intersected Hebrew thought at several key points throughout history. And this made a big difference to how we think and live as Christians today. The first time was when Alexander the Great, who lived from 356 to 323 BC, conquered the known world and Hellenized it. Greek became the common language of all the nations he defeated. It's because of this that the New Testament was written in Greek. Secondly, when Rome, whose leaders were all trained by Greek teachers, conquered all the lands of Alexander and even more, Greek continued to be the common language and Greek philosophy, the way of thinking about the world. Pilate, the Roman governor, said to Jesus, what is truth? This was a profoundly Greek question. And then when Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, explained the God of Israel and Jesus to people who didn't know how Jews thought and didn't know the Old Testament, but who were accustomed to thinking in Greek philosophical categories, including their beliefs about Greek and Roman gods, and listening to rhetorically sound argument, Paul argues with them. It's found in Acts 17, 16 through 34. You can go there for a quick insight to it. Paul was trained in rhetoric and continues this approach throughout most of his letters to the Gentile believers. Well, there's a lot more items on this list and we'll continue to sort through them after we take a quick break. Once again, reminding you that this material is from the book, What We Believe and Why. And there's a website with that same name where you can get that book and other resources to strengthen your faith. Stay with us. We'll be right back. <music> 